Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back, everyone, to an all-new episode of Talking Terror. I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this episode of the show, where we're going to be discussing my pick for this evening, Joe Bagos's Bliss from 2019. We're going to experience all that has to go on with that movie much later on in the show. We are not going to be joined by the Demonic Doctor as he travels to Oregon for God knows what. Hopefully he'll be back here next week. But we are joined by the bold, the beautiful, the Golgi Keith. I was going to say he's looking for the, the characters from Twilight, but I think they were in Washington, not in Oregon. <laughs> no, he's looking for the um, but, but, There you go. Hello, 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 everybody. What is going on? Welcome to the show. Glad that you're all here listening to the show tonight as we talk about Bliss, as I said. And we're also joined by the psychotic Simeon himself, the prince to my Morris day, yes, the man monkey. <laughs> Hey there, Fright fans. This is your Mad Monkey broadcasting you live from the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic, where I, joined by my lovely co-host, bring you the best damn podcast there is in horror news and entertainment. <laughs> what's up, bitches? Well, what's Hi, up, monkey. is How about, uh, how about the birthday do. boy over here? Hi, Mr. Monkey who, himself? What? 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 What are you talking about? I didn't Celebrate get himself you, a, motherfuckers. I didn't get a single thank himself from a you, sexy bitches. birthday. Oh man, there was yeah. a whole lot involved. There was yeah, there was asses, there, there was asses jiggling, and I just wanted to see the camisoles <laughs> rocking, and just yeah, you know what I want, girls. <laughs> Gotta wear them baggies. It's your birthday. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I, I got a brass bed and a bearskin rug and a fireplace, too. You know what I'm talking about, King. <laughs> oh, he keeps it sexy. Keeps it sexy 100 over at the evil lair. <laughs> I've seen his setup. I'm like, man. I'm like, no, something's going on in this place. No, no, King. Too sexy. Too mm. sexy. <laughs> it always smells like sex up in that apartment. Keeping it real. But anyway, yes, a very happy birthday to our very own Mad Monkey. I hope it was a great one and you got everything that you wanted even more. Uh, I, I had a good birthday. Um, Yeah. Uh, Let's say that Batgirl underoos were definitely involved for my birthday. I'm not saying how they were involved, but they were definitely involved, and it was definitely memorable. I had a oh. really great time on my birthday. Diva <laughs> picks or it didn't happen. <laughs> I hope they fit. <laughs> I just hope they I fit well. The, I want to see Monkey in those uh, in those underoos. <laughs> I'm sure there's a video out there somewhere. Yeah, I believe there's a picture somewhere where it's part of them, I believe. Monkey just entering the room one leg at a time. Somebody asked for a sexy gram. 
Oh, Muggy always delivering. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'll break up my chapstick. Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. <laughs> Are you talking to yourself in the mirror again, Monkey? No. Get out. <laughs> Shut up. Stop judging me. I am. <laughs> Don't look at me when I'm doing this. Don't make eye contact. Look away. Sorry, Monkey. Damn. Sorry. Walk out the room. <laughs> you know what, man? I mean, I, I don't know about either of you guys. I know I've been in that scenario before where you're kind of, you know, finger cuffing. And, yeah, the last thing you want to mm. do at that point is, is make eye contact and, uh, yeah. anyway. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you kind of it, – it, it, it's bound to happen every now and again. Even more uncomfortable is the fact that you're going to end up looking at the other dude's junk at some point or another, you know, in particular in this case. You know, it was buried – yeah, you know what? Let me just leave that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, in a Chinese finger trap, you're bound to see something you don't want to see. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just, it's just oh, finger not fun. trap. <laughs> yeah, finger trap. Yeah, that was, that was a serious roll that, that I never wanted to mess with, man. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was a whole lot of rice. <laughs> anyway, okay, uh, so without the doc here, I do have some things to talk about related to horror news, but do you guys have anything you wanted to talk about before I get into some things? Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, if you guys heard all this hubbub and fucking craziness about Batman 89. I have not. What? Why don't you uh, what? Yeah, what are you talking oh, about, dude? So, supposedly, it's all the rage in the comic world at the moment. Batman number 89 is, I guess, the cameo or hinted appearance of the Joker's new girlfriend. A.K.A. Punchline. Um, so punchline? Is, you know, punchline. And I guess uh, supposedly she is uh, got all these, these, you know, Batman fans and comic book people all up in, uh, in an uproar because there's all kinds of copies getting sold for hella bucks right now. And that hasn't oh, come out yet? That's forthcoming? Uh, I guess there's – no, I guess it's out already, but there's all kinds of variant covers out and – all this and that, so there's all kinds of hubbub behind it. Does he need I, a girlfriend? Got, I don't think so. I've got my digital ha, apps, you, man, so you know what I mean? I'm good with those. Yeah, I was going to ask, um, is the issue on, on your digital app? Uh, probably not yet. Uh, normally, the digital, I know with Marvel, they're about, I know because a lot of people complain, they're about six months behind as far as new releases go. Um, if okay. you are reading current comics and that's how you read current comics, I can see where that's irritating. For me, I'm all about backtracking, so I'm like into all the back yeah. issues of everything else. So I, I couldn't care less what had come out recently because I'm nowhere near it yet. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll be that's there in cool about hell, 17 man. years, you know? <laughs> <laughs> 17 years into the talking terror feature. Finally got around the punchline, guys. Gotta say, it's pretty fucking cool. What? Like, holy <laughs> shit. Are we still talking about Batman? Batman 89, man. <laughs> yeah. Remember when that happened 17 years ago? It was the shit. It took me that long. <laughs> so that is yeah, true. Man, I'm I'm checking that out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm looking up images of her now. And, yeah, she's kind of cute, man. Um, yeah. Man, uh, can't fuck with Harley. Kinda, 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 no, no, it's definitely not fucking with Harley. It's uh, they definitely went a different route. I will definitely say that. Um, little, uh, definitely darker, but at the same time, let's see where it goes. I think the king will like her. 
don't know. I do know. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of a Quinn loyalist, though. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, Listen, you know, man. Quinn is busy. Get, Quinn is busy getting it on with Poison Ivy, man. They're in a full-on relationship. The two ladies, right there. Yeah. So you know, you really don't have to don't have to worry all that much about her. There's, you know, just like you don't stick to one woman throughout the entire life until you you, you get, you know. Married, unless you're like me, um, and then you know, you do stupid shit. But um, but anyway, yeah. While well, they did, they definitely went but darker. But we still love you, cool. I know. And, and I plus, know. And, and a weird um, Asian. Why, why poison ivy? Because yeah, because we all know poison ivy is all into kite dan. That's right, kite dan. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I have not. I have not watched last week's episode yet. So. Oh. Okay, uh, man. I was okay. gonna say. All right. It's good. I've been thinking and dunking into all kinds of other stuff, man. You know, like I fucking uh, last week's was the finale, wasn't it? No, this week, this Friday. Uh, this week is the finale. Okay, so that's what it was. I was waiting for two. I wanted to watch the two episodes back to back. Do it that way. Um, yeah, you know what? I actually started checking out uh, because of the little monsters love of anime. You know, I started diving around, checking out this, checking out that, and they've been having anime month on Xbox, so they've had shit for like Mad Cheap and then free seasons. You know, typically the first season, so they can get you to watch it, hoping that you don't buy it the same weekend. Because then they're gonna charge you like twenty six dollars. <laughs> Per season, but instead I bought the uh, all the seasons of Attack on Titan. Got the first half oh, of the first AOT. season for free, and then uh, <laughs> all the other seasons were only like five bucks a pop. Um, so you know I got up to like whatever season four. I'm, I'm halfway through uh, the first season right now, and yeah, I'm totally digging it, man. Talking about some weird, crazy shit. Not at all what I was expecting <laughs> it to be. Yeah, I, yeah, I was definitely not expecting pe- uh, people to be taking on giant monsters with uh, giant electric knives, you know, strapped to their backpacks. <laughs> it looks like yeah, you know, which, they're going they're go- going around with a giant um, Thanksgiving turkey carvers. <laughs> weird fucking zip lines and shit like that. But yeah, you know, again, yeah. like you know, just gigantic characters roaming around naked, and you know, they don't have any genitalia. And you know, I, I, it's funny. We started laughing about it, but the one the, we watched the uh, the season, the I guess the first half season finale of season one. Um, they mentioned that, the, that these things don't have any digestive tract. So or tracked, so that they're uh, you know that's why they they poop it up like uh, like a cat does a hairball you know, and I'm sitting there thinking right. to myself like holy shit the reason they did that was because otherwise they would have to have an asshole to actually take a shit and they, if the characters <laughs> are thought to have an asshole they can't put these bare ass characters walking around and then that would make it ineffective if you saw these giant monsters walking around with like shorts on and pants on and shit like that um, so as such they have to eliminate the fact that these things would have any kind of like orifice other than its mouth. Right, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like it's a really interesting story about just a far flung world fa- fantasy kind of thing where cities are guarded by <clears throat> giant walls to defend themselves from these titans that are wandering the world outside and constantly trying to get into these giant cities, and you have. Uh, special defense forces that are there to defend the cities against these ginormous monsters of un- insane proportion. You know, uh, uh, True. I mean, yeah, yeah, King. I think you, you know, would actually kind of like this just because I know you're not really an anime kind of guy. 
but the no, weirdness, the, the but the weirdness that goes on with the Titans is really fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, I've seen Straight it. Off, I mean, I've seen bits and pieces. Yeah, picking people up, biting them in half, and shit like that too. It gets bloody and nasty, man. It's pretty cool. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I've seen bits and just the first episode. <laughs> yeah, I've seen bits and pieces of Attack on Titan. You know, some of the designs and stuff like that. I was like, mm, that might be something I might like, but I'm just not a fan of anime. I don't think it would hold my attention very long. I think I might get to the first episode and say, well, that was cool. And just kind of move on with my life. I don't know. Um, yeah. But, you know. <laughs> just like stupid, stupid cartoons. <laughs> I just, no, I like cartoons. You know, I love Harley Quinn. So, but uh, going back to Batman is cool. Uh, the, the first look at Robert Pattinson in the bat suit was revealed by Matt Reeves, yeah. who's directing the Batman, which comes out next year. Uh, I'm not a fan. I will be the first one to say I just don't like it. I just I, it's just too weird. It's just it's not what I wanted. The the cowl looks too big for him. He looks too gaunt, and I don't like the bat symbol. I know that they're going for more tech driven Bruce, but uh, it just didn't blow me away. It wasn't like fuck yeah, dude, Batman. Like you know, eh, it's all right. <laughs> well, like that one thing hey, you posted, though, the one thing you mentioned was the fact, the idea that it might actually be the gun used to kill yeah. his parents, which I thought was kind mm-hmm. of a cool, cool little thing. Um, you know what? The suit itself, I don't mind. Obviously, Robert Pattinson is slimmer than the oh, other yeah. people that we've seen play Batman. Um, you know, I almost to this head. point. I wish that he, uh, I wish that they went Batman Beyond with the guy, to be honest with you, because he's younger, because he's slimmer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would love to see them take a future Batman there uh, and go that route. But, you know, we're not going to see that. Instead, we're going to get this. Uh, I, the only thing that I didn't like, the, the, the mask, that nose piece is yes. like, are yep. you kidding mm-hmm. me? Like, when did Batman get a nose job? Like, that's what it looks like. He's got, like, the upturned nose, like you see on, like, every single, like, you know, chick on television that's gotten a nose job done. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the cape, it looks right. weird. It just, the cape just looks like it's just weird, pronounced. Like, I don't know. Just doesn't look natural. Right, but you've got to remember, it's like, again, Robert Pattinson, like I, like I just said, has a huge fucking head. All right? So he does. They have He's got a big old noggin. So they ha- yeah, so they have to work against this, uh, you know, unfortunately. It's like, you know, because if they do it normal like they've done all the other suits, he's going to look like a big fucking bobblehead. You know, he's going to – Christian Bale had he's, a big head, though. They were yeah, able to make that's true. that work. Bale's got a big head. He's British, too. He's got a big fucking forehead, you know. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, maybe if they cut Pattinson's hair, you know, I'm sure if, if he's still using that same hairstyle as he was from Twilight – I'm sure that's probably the end, like about four or five inches, you know, on top of the whole thing. Got to. You bring that down a little bit, oh. Bobby, and you'll be okay. That huge quaff of hair that he had mm. in those movies, man, mm. that was some big fucking hair. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I'm still looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm still looking forward to what they're doing, but I was like, you know what? It's a first reveal. Mm. They might refine it still. I mean, they have plenty of time. Mm. You know, I'm kind of hoping that they do a little bit of work, but I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's probably going to be it. Um, because also it's like we're we're talking about is this are are they shooting for another reboot or are they just shooting for they're just creating a Batman story because this is just a Batman, a Batman story, story I think at this point yep I don't know if this is connected okay. to the DCEU or if they're because everything like even Birds of Prey had made 
reference towards the other things like Suicide Squad in particular. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So that obviously connects us to the to the greater DC universe. So I think we can make the assumption that it exists within obviously the realms of the DC universe, but could it, like I said, even with the Joker, could this just simply be one of the other earths? You know, I mean, that would be the way to go at this point. You know, they don't even, they don't need to identify Mm. it yet. Just let all of these stories be their own standalone thing. Mm. Let 15, 17, I don't know, 12 years from now, all of a sudden Mm. be like, Hey guys, just so you all know, this motherfucker's showing up and saying, boom, we're going to crash all these bitches together and crisis on infinite earth. DC use time. <laughs> but give us like 12 yeah, or 15 a, years. Build stories. <laughs> yeah, it's just because it struck me as like the suit was very, looking really, really clunky. Um, very mm-hmm. medieval almost just because of all the ratchets and straps and shit like that that I was yeah. seeing. So. You know, again, maybe they're just retelling his story, and maybe this is just, you know, maybe one of his prototype suits that happens to be in the movie, you know, and maybe not the finished product that we're going to get in there. You know, again, we'll see as we get it going on, you know. I don't want another origin. Don't do it. Don't. Matt Reeves, I know you don't listen. Don't. I'm just saying, if you're out there somewhere and you're like, hey, Talking Terror is doing uh, Batman. No, don't do a fucking rehash. We've seen him yeah, get killed. We've seen him become Matt Batman. That's what doing right now. He's, he's trying to listen to our show for advice. I mean, <laughs> you never know. the reality is this. Okay, as far as origin goes, you know, it's not like Batman has a long origin. Walks through alley, nope. parents, parents get shot, he gets raised um, by Alfred. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to, maybe they go along the lines of like, you know, I know some of the, the more recent cartoons, they've had like Batman by Gaslight. They've had Batman Ninja. Oh, yeah. They've yeah. had all these these, mm-hmm. these weird tales of sorts, you know. So maybe that monkey's onto something with the, the way the outfit is looking. Maybe we're getting a Batman story outside of the idea of just Gotham. You know, that would be great. Let's mm-hmm. make Batman out of Gotham and give us something else. Let's see that this is a wider world and that he's just not always fighting the same fucking handful of bad guys. Yeah, and to that point, I also say what you and I both talked about when I posted that to your page. I want Flashpoint Batman. Somebody out there, make mm-hmm. it fucking happen. <laughs> I want to see Flashpoint Batman so fucking bad because that story is so fucking badass. Seeing Thomas Wayne drop motherfuckers with no fucking remorse in that storyline. That's what I want to see. Uh, Bruce Wayne's fine, but yeah, let somebody out there make a Thomas Wayne fucking like Flashpoint Batman. It's a bitter parent versus a lonely orphan. You know what I mean? Those are two totally yeah. different tales, which is what makes Thomas Wayne so interesting. There's no way that they're not that Warner Brothers hasn't looked at this at this point, especially with the success of Joker. It's an R-rated film that has broke a billion. Um, you know, this is this is something that I the heads have to be sitting down and saying, "Hey, what else can we do along the lines of this?" It's the only way I think we're gonna see Batman go R-rated. I think that is their biggest thing right now is that you know Batman, for all intents and purposes, is still viewed as a property that crosses lines as far as age groups go. You know, you got yeah. Batman toys out there for little kids. You got, you know, obviously your Deca, Neco, whatever the hell those things are called, figurine things, fucking, you know, hundreds, <laughs> yeah. upon hundreds of dollars. Um, yeah. So the idea of them putting out an R-rated Batman, 
kind of a struggle, I'm sure, for the movie studio because it's like, you know, all these little kids are going to be like, well, why can't we see the Batman, you know? But then you see them do it with the cartoons anyway, so I don't know. You know what? I don't know what Warner Brothers thinks with that. I would think that's the argument. Seriously, watch some of those cartoons. There's some fucked up shit that happens in those damn things. Well, right. Um, And, again, it's with you. It's like I would love for them to go full R Batman, but, again, it's like not only are you going to have the kids going, you know, we can't go. Then you're going to have all the parents whining and bitching about why did you make an R-rated Batman movie? I can't take my fucking kid. You know, to these same parents, I say it didn't fucking stop you from taking you to go see Deadpool, you stupid fucking parent. <laughs> you fucking <laughs> six-year-old in this here. And it's like, what? But the in response, <laughs> they put out a PG-13 version of Deadpool, which still retained the comedy of the movie. Yes. Yep. Without mm-hmm. all the extra lewd content, um, which I appreciated because Sam has wanted mm-hmm. to see it for ages. So we finally got Once Upon a Time at Deadpool and she loved it. She was that was great. And yeah. it didn't need everything that we got with the movie, you know? So it was something that we as adults could watch the regular version and then she could watch this, mm-hmm. you know, this different version. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and same thing here is because um, the diva was really uncomfortable with letting um, Ian watch Deadpool. But then when I found the Once Upon, <laughs> Once Upon a Deadpool, <laughs> you know, with all, all of the Princess Bride shit, it, it, it made it even funnier for my son who knew Princess Bride and got those jokes and was laughing his yes. ass off during all of those moments. <laughs> Where and it worked. Yeah, yeah, it, it worked, it worked it really well. Yeah, because I, I watched it too, and I was like, you know, this is fun. Like, you know, and it's a good way to introduce people mm-hmm. to Deadpool that are in that age group, that are too young to see the R-rated version. Now they get to watch a PG-13, what a less risque, what a less lewd, but still fun, especially with the cappers of Princess Bride, Fred Savage, you know, being the hostage <laughs> of Deadpool throughout the entirety of the film. <laughs> <laughs> using the f f bomb to <laughs> use up, up all the curse words in the movie with the beeping box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but moving away from that, I wanted to get into one of the bigger stories that I had for tonight, which is Stranger Things Four, which is now on production. They released a teaser for season four, which included Hopper of all characters, David Harbor, now stuck in Russia in a work camp, working away on a railroad. Um, you know, I liked it, but at the same time, I think, uh, I don't know. I, I know that the goal is probably in agreement with me too early, way too soon to be revealing that Hopper is alive and he's in Russia. I felt like that was a, a slip of the Duffer brothers. They shouldn't have done it so early. Uh, so I don't know when this happened. Sorry. I'm just, uh, somebody had posted it up. Uh, John Henson, uh, one of Jim Henson's sons died, uh, age oh. 48. Oh, you know, kind of a bummer. Yeah, yeah, died of a massive <laughs> heart attack, apparently, man. Rest in peace, bro. That sucks. That's really that that's is rough. Change your things. All right. Yeah, bro. I hate trailers. I hate anything that reveals something. That should be a surprise. If you didn't yes, show yep. us that Hopper was still alive at the end of last season... Why the fuck do you show it in the trailer now? That makes no sense. Yep. Had they given it away at the end of last year when they were talking about the prisoner in the cage, um, you know, then okay, then it's no big deal. We already would know that he's alive. But you ended it in a way where it was like, and like I said from the start, if you don't see him die, chances are he's not dead. Too important of right. a character right. to just simply have poof be gone. Um, you know, Hopper's death will be something that is, is felt. 
should ruin it. Yeah. Why? I, yeah. You know, it was too it's a soon. Trailer, no less. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, and it's just even if it's a teaser trailer to give you a taste of maybe he's still alive, like tease it. Like that he might still be alive, play a little bit of Jim Croce mm. in the background and be like, Oh, maybe he's still alive. No, mm. you still want to show him in his mm. work camp with a shaved head, shaved beard, mm. you know, working away. It just it was mm. too soon, too much. I was like, Why couldn't you wait until closer to season four being released mm. to make that Well, do you guys maybe think the numbers are really slacking on Stranger Things and maybe they had to do something to maybe get people excited for season four? No, I don't. I mean, you know, it seemed like it was, when it came back for season three, it was like it was Stranger Things fever all over again. Everybody was talking about it. Now, granted, listen, they obviously weren't talking about it as long as they were from season one to season two, and particularly after season two when it completely exploded. Um, But... You know, it was still, you know, I, I think, one, they hurt themselves with that long period of time between season two and period three. We uh, Season three, we Agreed. said that um, at yeah. that time. You know, you, you can't, you're not, you know, Game of Thrones didn't even start pulling that shit until season five, you know, season six, where it's like, all right, we're going to extend your time in between because we're going to make it better shows. At least they had so much built by that point. Plus, we knew as fans of the show that they were creating content that wasn't already laid down in print. Um, Because, you know, the first couple of seasons went off the books. Once they went past the books, well, now we have to, like, you know, we're going to talk to him. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Stranger Things is its own fucking thing. It's its own universe. What the fuck, Duff Brothers? Get work and get (laughs) your shit out. It ain't like what I saw in season three made me go, oh, I understand now why they took so long to make the fucking season. No. You know what? What I saw in season three was like, okay, it was a solid season. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. But it's not like the production Mm -hmm. value was so high up where they did something so fucking like, wow, man, thank God they waited. No. You know, I could have taken that at any point. So... Yeah. How about that? You know, yeah, yeah. Get the next season out. Get it out now, please. I gotta, I gotta side with the ghoul because it's not like the numbers are down. I mean, they are fucking shelling out Stranger Things merchandise like you wouldn't fucking believe with board games and books and things that they're doing. So yeah, strike while the iron's hot. Don't be like, you know what? We're gonna take a year off and figure things out. No, you gotta fucking go, dude. You gotta make this story <laughs> and you gotta keep it fresh and you gotta keep it rolling. So while and it's the funny thing is because I saw a lot of people react to that Stranger Things 4 trailer, and they're like, yeah, too fucking soon, dude. I don't want to fucking see fucking Hopper back. Like, wait a little bit, and then give us that tease that he's coming back. Don't fucking just say he's back. Yeah, he's not dead, so we're moving on. Like, no. Yeah. And now, didn't one of our fans um, have a fan theory about uh, Hopper on our page? Um, no, they were just kind of agreeing with what I said. It's, I'm, it's, I'm, one the of, same fan I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, but I'm saying I thought one of them uh, said possibly they're tracking the upside down. Well, yeah, that is, it's possibly a different you know universe of the upside down. So I mean, it's possible, but it's I don't know, just too soon to tell. But it's just it's way too soon to be revealing stuff like that. Keep it close to the chest. You know, give us something. If they, okay, I get that harbor. You know, being that he's a main part of this series, 
I'm sure Harbor wanted, you know, like, listen, like, guys, I need to get paid. I need to work. You know, this is is the, the I don't know the numbers for Hellboy, but I can't see that movie. I still haven't even fucking finished it, okay? Like, that's how I haven't either. No. For me. I still, like, <laughs> that's how bad it was. I fucking turn it on. I tried. times I go, I'm flipping through my yep. movies, and I'm, like, sitting there, and I'm like, oh, okay, I should finish this. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to sleep instead. Um, I choose bed <laughs> over finishing fucking Hellboy every time. So I'm sure <laughs> mm-hmm. thinking that being a star vehicle isn't going to work out, unfortunately. It wasn't like I wasn't rooting for the guy. I just I did I didn't have a good feeling about it to begin with. Um, it was too soon to be rebooting that series. Um, yeah, I mean it's in the first half hour. I'm sure he wants to you know be he wants to be seen. You know, smart writing smart writing would have us not see him at all this season. Yes, smart writing right. would be that character for all intents and purposes is dead until maybe like just before the end of the season where you get an inkling yes. of hope that that character's alive because then you drop him in in the fifth season. Then you could even make it a fucking surprise in the trailer like, holy shit, Hopper's fucking alive? Yeah. That's yep. how you build a story. That's how you make character, you know? That's how you, you got to <laughs> bring that, 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 that fucking... Yeah. So you gotta suspend belief and make people fucking really think that the guy was gone. You didn't even give him time to do that. No, and we're just fucking fans. <laughs> That's the word. We're that I was just fans. Yeah, and we're coming up with this shit. And it's just I don't know. It's it's one of those I'm things I'm still looking forward to. to it, man. These guys get no, paid a lot of but... money to do what they did. They had a story. They said it from the start. They said, "Listen, we have this. We know what we're doing for at least what four seasons, five seasons." Yeah, five max. Yeah, yeah. It was too soon. It was. It seemed like a weird curveball to throw, Mm. where it's like we're going to give you guys what you wanted, Mm. and that's to see Hopper back. But I agree with the ghoul. Mm. Give it to us in the season Mm. finale of Thor. That Hopper, he's in Russia and he's there, and it's like, oh shit, we're going to get the return of Hopper in season five. You know, and that's what it's going to be about. Mm. Don't reveal it that early, where you know he's going to get back from Russia. Here's a quick theory that I literally just thought of right now. Mm-hmm. What if the reason they did what they did was because of contractual issues? Ooh, Perhaps okay. Harvard thought that Hellboy was going to be a hit and that there was a good <laughs> chance that he wasn't going to come back for the next season. Maybe there was a contract a negotiation theory. going on and they had to make it look like the character died because they didn't know if they were signing him again for another season. That's a great theory. I am you know, on board with that one. That could be it. He thought that was going to be his launch pad to bigger and better <laughs> things other than Stranger Things. And didn't quite work out that way, so contractually he's obligated to that. So we'll see what happens. Um, but the, the other thing I wanted to talk about was that we had Fantasy Island the horror version of the 70s series yeah. dropped last weekend. On Valentine's Day weekend, Jeff Wadlow is a director. It's from Blumhouse. This movie, $6 million budget. As of yesterday, it raked in nationwide $21.6 million. To me, that's a minor success. That's, I mean, that's not quite a failure to me. That's a, that's a success for a low-budget $6 million. But they are promising that the PG-13 version that you saw in theaters Mm-hmm. There's going to be a rated R version when it comes out on home video, which I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to checking out. I mean, it's because mm-hmm. I've been looking to check this movie out when it hit theaters, but 
to hear that it made that much money, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, drop it on Valentine's Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm glad you brought this up because I actually wanted to talk to you guys because um, you also put on our Facebook page about the idea of when it comes out on release, uh, physical release. It, there, yeah. There's actually going to be love possibly an R rating. Seriously, I love physical release. That's my favorite fucking thing in the world. Always. Love it. <laughs> Give me it. Give me that That's physical right. release. Back, back girl on DeRuz on my birthday. That's right. But, like you said, <laughs> um, that, that they're that, looking that, at coming that's out a with a killer, bro. I don't want to know about you and back girl undies. <laughs> yeah, I know, no. Good. He, moving he, on. Okay. But, okay, but like you said on the Facebook page, okay, that when it comes out on physical release, that they are looking at doing a rated R version for release. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I love the idea of this, and I wanted to talk to you guys. Um, about this idea, just because again, you guys are bigger horror fans than I am, and I just love the idea of putting out a PG-13 version and then putting out an R-rated version for those of us who like the PG-13 movies. Because again, I'm fine with PG-13 horror if you write it smart enough, you know. And right. that's the trick about PG-13 horror: you, you got to be smart about your writing. Okay, but mm-hmm. uh, to, you know to actually deliver the scare. But I like the idea of an R rated for those of us who want that something more. And I just wanted to ask you guys: Are like, is this a new concept here, or has this been a thing that's been coming out for movies that were put out in PG thirteen, and then an R rated version was later released? Well, no. I mean, Ghoul, do you want to throw in? Yeah. If I can, I'll just throw in what I'm going to say. Sorry, man. I'm obviously chatty. I didn't think I was going to be tonight, man. I was so fucking dead. I love it. I'm digging it. I'm like, It's the bliss. That's what's doing it. It's the bliss. Diablo. What they've been doing, you know, for a while now is they don't do a rating thing. You know, whatever the rating is of the movie when it comes out is what it is. And then they put out the unrated version, which might have a couple seconds here, a couple seconds there. Not necessarily always means that it's going the R-rated route, but this was obviously what they cut out of the film to get to the rating that they wanted that they needed to get to for whatever, audience reasons. Um... You know, so as far as them doing this, I don't, I don't think it's anything groundbreaking. I like the fact that they're gonna—they're saying at least legitimately, like, "Hey, we're gonna add in a couple things," but this could also be a gimmick. Because again, most of these movies are coming out with unrated versions of them on digital and DVD anyway. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Is it really gonna be that much more bloody? Is it gonna be that much more of a horror film based on that, or is it the vision that they're giving us in the theater? Yeah, right. I think that's what it's all going to come down to because I, I know, like uh, the, uh, Monkey just talked about with PG-13 horror, um, Christopher Landon, who directed Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You, both of those movies are PG-13, and he's doing a new one uh, for Blumhouse, which is a body swap horror movie with uh, Vince Vaughn. And he did an interview where he said, I promise you guys, this one is going to be rated R, and it's going to be gory as fuck. And I was like, okay, great. I'm on board. I'd like to see what you could do with the rated R movie because I love those two movies, Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You. So I'd love to see what he can do with the rated R movie. I'm not a fan of Vince Vaughn so much, but I do like to see what he has to do. I really like the first one. <laughs> I'll leave that at that. It's great. I love it. 
Yeah. I, I've I've um, only seen the first one. It was a fun ride. But, uh, but I mean, but, King, if we can go back to the actual question, though, it's like you who's a hard-time collector is like yeah. – is the idea of putting a PG-13 and then an R-rated is, – is it – is this like something that's been around for a while or, you know, it has been, you, you, yeah. you, Oh, okay. Okay. It's been around. It's it, it, like the goal it said, you know, not to resound what he said, but it's been around mm-hmm. for a while, you know, and it, even with the rated R versions, you know, there's always the unrated director's cut that you get, but with PG 13, it's like, let's hit him in the theater. Let's give him a PG 13 movie. And then when we get into the DVD Blu-ray, let's give him the R rated. You know, let's give him the extra okay. couple seconds of gore. Let's give him the extra scene that they didn't see in the theater just to have it. So if you thought that you liked it and you enjoyed it, well, now we're going to give you a little bit more gore. We're going to give you a little bit more of the Gru that you probably wanted. Um, so, but Fantasy Island making that much money, Gru. you know, I, oh, I think that's great. From Minions? The Gruesome. Gru? You know, I call it the Gru. Oh, <laughs> that Gru. Yeah. Yeah, that Gru. Not Minions Gru, but no. Uh, but the, <laughs> the fact that it made that much money, I was kind of happy because I didn't think it was going to make that much money. Honestly, I thought it was going to be a flop. I thought it wasn't going to make yeah, that. Yeah, so did I. On its opening weekend. Well, I mean, listen, uh, the fact of the matter is this. I went and saw the movie that did win the box office this weekend, which was Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, you know, how was that experience? <laughs> which, surprise, surprise, you know, here again, all the hubbub, all that shit that happened three months ago, you know, with the whole we needed to redesign yeah. the entire character because nobody likes his teeth and nobody likes his eyes. He doesn't look like the video game. God damn it, he doesn't look like the video game. Um, so all that gets said and done, everything gets fixed. And you know what? Obviously, the only thing that changed is the look of the character. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I wanted... How was the, red... right. How was the movie? Going, going into the movie, okay? Going into the movie, yep. this was my hope. My hope was that this movie is going to be so bad that it's good. Um, and it's just going to be one of, like, I, I was resigned like to the fact dra- that it was a bad movie. You mean like movie. Double Dragon? No, no. See, Double Dragon just no. sucks. That's just a shit yeah. movie, Monkey, just so you Super know. Mario. That's just a, that's a bad movie, Super Mario. Bad movie. That's not so, so bad. It's War, Warcraft as an example, is it so bad, it's good. There's shit that happens in that movie that literally makes me laugh out loud every single time. Like, you know, words like spell chucker, uh, fucking Gul'dan pulling a fucking baby orc out of some chick on all fours, fucking, like, come on, man, she gave birth right there. He stuck his hand up her fucking orcish Gucci to pull out a baby. That happened in that movie. Like, that's that's the kind of shit that you're like, what did I just watch? Um, but, you know, again, it flopped because it was so bad it's good. That's what I resigned myself for this movie. Um, obviously, a lot of other people did as well, uh, seeing some of the news reports on it. What I can report is this. The movie is not so bad that it's, that it's good. Oh. It's actually not, not bad. That's the problem. It's not a bad movie. It actually is a decent fucking movie, which is why it made some money. They actually pulled off a fucking Sonic the Hedgehog movie. It really was what? not a bad film at all. It made $126 million this weekend. It did it because it's a good movie. It's really not horrible. It's one of those films. It's rated PG. 
It's got humor in it that kids can enjoy. It's got humor in it that parents can enjoy. Without going too risque, I could have used a little, little more of a push, but there were nods towards, you know, other things. There were a lot of nods toward the 90s in general, just to, to give that, like, hey, what's up to the kids like us that grew up playing the game? Like, I literally... Right. I know I posted the picture to you guys of me playing that Shadow Dancer game earlier because I finally beat it after oh, realizing yeah. it was on this whole thing. Well, right after that, I went and beat Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> you know, the first one, because that's also on this mm. whole big mess of Genesis games that are in I've, here. Man, I've never fucking beat the first one. I, <laughs> I, well, I, I did it today. I got all six Chaos yeah. Emeralds on top of it, too. So oh, man. To, to, this, to, this, to, to this day, I can still beat Sonic the Hedgehog 2 in an hour and a half. But I've never beaten nice. the first one. <laughs> I'm sorry. As, so as you were saying, Ghoul, so the movie actually wasn't bad. It, the movie was not bad. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure Birds of Prey hates it because, you know, that ended up not doing as much as they were hoping it would do. Um, I'm sure with uh, Fantasy Island, it has gotten some good feedback on it. And I don't think that's going to hurt too much. I think it'll be good. They've already made money. So I think it'll continue to do so. Mm. So I think that's uh, that's all so, good news. February is turning into a good month for films. So yeah. how was Jim Carrey? So how was Jim Carrey finally crawling out of the closet and returning to acting? She was. He's talking about him crawled out of the closet. Acting. He's, he's he's made movies. I mean, you know, they're just not what it was at one point in his career. I think a lot of the Jenny McCarthy yeah. stuff really fucked mm-hmm. with his careers on top of going yeah. back doing the Dumb and Dumb oh, yeah. sequel and all that shit. Um, he, I could have personally used a little, like I said, I wanted this to be so bad it was good with that being mm-hmm. him as the, the main key to that. I wanted him to be so over the top that you sat there like, holy cow. Um, there were some lines that, you were- that had to have been ad-libbed by him that were really funny. He was funny. He it was like kind of taking the Riddler and bringing it into the fucking Sonic the Hedgehog world. But you were wanting a more Ace Ventura, uh, Jim Carrey. Is that is that what you're saying? I mean, I just wanted, like I said, I wanted something that was just going to be so over the top bad that I know I would be the person in the movie theater laughing while everybody else is sitting there real quiet. You know, like sitting there saying <laughs> to themselves, like. Why are we even in this theater? What's wrong with that person? Why are they laughing? <laughs> well, that's, well, that's cool, cool, man. Uh, uh, I'm glad you had a good time watching it, man. Yeah, very, yeah, yeah I've heard a lot of positive reviews, so that's really good. You know, a lot of people that are on my Facebook page go and see it and go, oh, it's pretty good. It's actually really good. Jim Carrey's great. You know, not my Dr. Robotnik, mm. but it's fine. Mm. <laughs> not, not, not Who's your Dr. Robotnik? Robotnik? What is this, a fucking presidential election? Yeah, Henry Zarowski from last podcast on the left. That's the fucking Dr. Robotnik I wanted. And he didn't get the part. So I'm really kind of upset about that. But that's my Dr. Dennis Robotnik. Ho- no, De- Dennis Hopper is my Dr. Robotnik. Fucking. Oh, I would have loved that. Come Blue on, Velvet man. fucking Dennis Hopper. Everybody used to always joke about fucking – Dennis Hopper was fucking – What's his face, dude? Bowser, okay? You can't you can't ruin two franchises by being the main dude. You can't do that. That's not yeah, you can't do it. If he wasn't passed, that would be grounds to pass him. Um, 
<laughs> you know, like everybody talked about, I guess, that there was uh, like rumors originally that the character was designed off of Teddy Roosevelt. Um, why not get, you know, okay. again, I know, I, know, I know he's old and he's always suffering from his diabetes. Um, but what about like Wolf of Brimley? Wolf of Brimley? Putting Wilfred oh, Brimley back man. in his stash with his rotund body and he would be Eggman, dude. My ticket's bought. like Eggman. <laughs> if they had <laughs> Wilfred Brimley as Dr. Robotnik, my ticket would have been bought. I would have been there day one seeing that fucking movie. <laughs> fucking waving my Wilfred Brimley flag. Diabetes. Like, fuck yeah, dude. He's fucking Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> I, I, I just want him acting the way he acted in uh, Battle for Endor. You know, where he was just a crotchety, grumpy old fucking man yelling and screaming at everybody. You know, instead of it being little Sindel, oh, fucking Sindel and Cheek, you know, let it instead of the Sonic, oh, I'm going to come get you, motherfucker. Little blue bass. Oh, man. My ticket would have been so fucking bought. <laughs> it was both for privilege as, as fucking Robotnik. But, um,. Moving towards Halloween Kills, I know we've been talking a lot about it. It's coming out this October. Uh, Jason Blum, who's releasing this through Blumhouse, he had talked about the movie saying that it's going to be a much bigger scope of a film. They have a much larger canvas to work with. But then when they asked him about seeing it, he said, you know what? It's pretty good. And I was like, you know what? Thank you, Jason Blum. Thank you. Thank you so much for just saying it's pretty good. Don't do the Fetty Alvarez where he goes, this fucking movie's going to leave you fucking devastated seeing Texas Chainsaw when it comes out. Like, no, it's not. Thank you, Jason Blum, for saying Halloween Kills. Pretty good. And I was like, I'll this take your word for it because it's probably going to be pretty good. <laughs> but, the fact that Blum, but the fact that Blum was like, yeah, it's going to be a bigger canvas, bigger scope. Dude, yeah, Halloween Kills. What would you think about it? Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> I just I loved it because I was like, thank you for fucking basing it in reality. Where you're not like this is gonna be the only Halloween movie you're ever gonna have to see in your life. Halloween kills. Nope. It's well, not, I mean you can't but I'm sorry though, but that the problem with that is though is you're kinda talking out both sides of your mouth. You're like, Yeah, you know, it's bigger, it's better. We had more to work with, we had more money, we had better actors, we had more fucking money, yeah. we had more special effects, we had more lights, we had more film, we had more streets to work with. How was the movie? Uh, you know, it was okay. <laughs> 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 I mean, like you know what? Or, at that point, no. At or, that point, you gotta be like, you know what, man? This movie's gonna make you go home, rape your mom, take your dog in the back, leave him in the dog shed, go back in the house. You're gonna pull out the cake from the fridge, eat it, and then go rape your mom again. That's how good this movie is. Going kills. Hell yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm just upset though that they actually stole a quote from the ghoul. You know, because pretty much it's you know, what did you think of Halloween Kills? And it's it's a movie. <laughs> no, I wish I had said that. I wish he had said, it's a movie. You owe the ghoul fucking reparations, motherfucker. He came up with that. That's the ghoul fucking catchphrase. I'm sure I'm not the first person to say that, but okay. <laughs> they took these devices that took pictures really, 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 really fast. And then they cut those pictures all together to make something that looked like it moved. And that is what they did. You know what had me cracking up, though, Ghoul? Uh, the podcast that we both listened to, We Hate Movies, um, they mm-hmm. covered Cruel Intentions for one of their latest yes. episodes. And one of the hosts said, 
it's a movie. And I'm like, you fucking took that from the ghoul. You shut your mouth. Uh, <laughs> like, he came up that first. I heard that as well. I heard that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, uh, I wasn't going to say that, but yeah, I, I heard that too. So, hey, whatever, man. Like I said, I'm sure I'm not the first person to have said it, just like he ain't either. Uh, I love those guys, though. Man. I, uh, I, 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 I love them. To, yeah. uh, to the now playing coverage of Sonic the Hedgehog today, I'm looking forward to tomorrow because I'm a Patreon uh, member for uh, We Hate mm-hmm. Movies. So I, I've got Back to the Future too, just sitting there waiting to be listening oh. to tomorrow. Mm. That's going to be killer. Yeah, I just started the Orphan uh, movie that they started covering like two weeks ago. So I covered the Cruel Intentions. I started the Orphan today. Uh, but the the last thing I wanted to talk about is Paul Feig, director of Ghostbusters 2016. Yeah, bad taste in your mouth of that one. He's doing a movie for Universal called Dark Army, which is supposed to incorporate the Universal monsters that we know of, the classic ones like Dracula and Frankenstein, Invisible Man, and original characters – he said, I don't want to make a horror movie. I want to make a true monster movie. Take that okay. what you will, because I don't understand what, what the fuck you're talking about, dude. You want to make a, a true monster movie, but you do not want to make a horror movie. I do not want, know what you're talking about, dude. <laughs> so That's a horror movie. So what, is he pretty much just trying to make Mortal Kombat with the Universal Monsters? Is that what he wants to do? Yes. <laughs> I'm guessing. Yeah. Because you can't have one without the other. <laughs> he go, yeah, he had said that he wants to make a true classic dark army. And yeah, I don't want to make a horror movie. I want to make a true monster movie. So that's what I'm aiming for. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Why do you, why do you get interviewed? All right, cool. What do you, okay, you're saying you get. Okay, explain. I do. Okay, so so hear me out, okay? Yeah. You're you're playing to your current audience. You're not playing to the audience of 1933, 1930, you know, that kind of that kind of crowd. Back then, right. those were horror movies. But to yes, us yeah. now, to, to our minds today, they're not. We look at them as monster movies. It's not necessarily a horror movie. He wants to make something that's in the vein of those monster films. It might be, he might be talking about a bloodless movie. This isn't like, hey, I'm going to update Frankenstein, and well, you know what, now right. I'm going to have to, because you know, this is taking place in, in 2000, uh, 2020. Um, well, he's got uh, to be politically correct, so let's, uh, let's change his gender. And uh, and uh, we're gonna give him tits and a penis, and, and that's what we're gonna have. No, he's gonna give us a more traditional style film. So it wouldn't okay. be right to call it a horror movie, so to say, as much as it being a monster film. It's gonna be a movie about monsters. It might be horrific situations, but it's not a quote unquote horror movie. Okay. Good okay. call. I, I kind of okay. I kind of see what you're saying now. Of okay, so we're gonna create a monster drama. Okay, it, it, kind of mm-hmm. like uh, if, like if you will, um, in the '80s with the with um, seeing the movie The Bride. Okay, yeah. is, is that mm-hmm. what you're talking about, Ghoul? Is that okay? So, may, is uh, all right. So we're talking about just traditional feel of Universal monsters, where again we're not talking about horror movies. We're just talking about monster movie. Okay, so possibly also told from maybe the monster's point of view. That's a possibility. I mean, again, we're, we're going to yeah, see the I don't sky's know the going limit. For. The sky's the limit. Yeah. This could be a VR mm. movie experience for all you know. This could be 4D. <laughs> yeah. 
okay? Thing could be reaching under your seat and tickling your ball sack. Are you watching the movie? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, because they, they, they do now have the 4G seating, so then you sit there and couple that and combine it and Voltron it into this thing that just give, gives you a reach around while you're watching the movie, you know, and while you're getting it in full, full surround sound. You know, I, yeah. I just sit there interlocked. And, and, yeah. Mm. <laughs> what was it? Dinosaur. I, mean, I, I, don't I don't remember all the Voltron terminology, man. When I, when I was a kid, yeah. I could have told you every single one of those yeah. damn things, man. It was Dinatron's go. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, Paul Feige, you know, he has his vision. He wants to make what he wants to make. But I, I honestly, I kind of want him to make a horror film. You know, I, I would love to see these classic monsters on screen shown in the appropriate way. So if he wants to make a monster movie, that's great. But I want the horror to be there because these monsters okay. are horrific. They need to okay. have the horror element in I mean, I gotta say though, the ghoul brought up a really good point though, man. Is just the whole history. idea of is just if you're gonna sit there and go these, and you say <clears> you want to bring them back, okay? And then if you want to bring them back in a true traditional sense, and that means, like the ghoul said, you know, we're not really necessarily gonna be going full bore horror here. You know, right. it's like if if you want to bring it back in that traditional sense, it's gonna be a thing of, you know, it's gonna be more about character development on the monster side as well as you know, the angry villager side and stuff like that. And, yeah, you may not get full, full-blown full horror. Instead, you might fine. get a really deep yeah. drama. Uh, you know, and I wouldn't mind it. I just, I mean, they've done Frankenstein, I don't know how many times, and they've ruined it so many times. So whatever We're you looking at you, mind, De Niro. You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love the BBC Dracula, the three-part series. I've talked about it ad nauseum. So I'm not going to bring it back up, but I thought that was brilliant the way that they brought Dracula into this century. Um, so I'm just kind of hoping that he does something like that, you know, but we'll see, you know, dark army, that's his thing. Yeah. Go ahead. Real quick King. Do you, do you know if this is going to be affiliated in any way with universal? Yes. Fully. Yeah. Yeah. He's oh, okay. fully working with universal. Yeah. Oh, okay, Cause he's cool. going to incorporate the universal classics. So he's fully working with the universal on, on making Sweet. this project uh, happen. Um, so that said, looking for inspiration for this uh, podcast had to go with something that I really liked, which is a little bit of the Diablo, a little bit of the black stuff, a little bit of the bliss ah, from, sorry. Get, yep. You got it. See, yeah, yeah, yep, Monkey got my, get, my case of yep, Diablo. Yep. Yep. Ah, oh, yeah. Get ready for the show. That's me. Just quick bump. Sorry, King, as you were saying. <laughs> That's right. Let's talk about it. In 2019, Joe Bagos is bliss. The plot revolves around... Desi Donahue, who is looking for some creative inspiration. She's professionally stagnant, but also hard partying, indulging in a series of drug binges. So as the drugs start to fly out of control, so does her newfound, inexplicable, yet unquenchable crave for blood. As someone who's never been able to control her vices in the first place, Desi is violently consumed by this bloodlust. Um, I saw this movie at the end of 2019 when it became available for digital rental. I fell in love with it. I fucking love Bliss. Like, I cannot say enough good things about this movie. Is it going to land with you two? We'll find out. But I am just such a huge fan of Bliss. If I had seen this before I had seen Lighthouse, this would have made my number one pick for 2019. Uh, so, Ghoul, I'm going to kick it to you first. What do you think about Bliss? 
Oh, I can't believe you did that. Thank you. No. Um, okay. Wow. Um, I'm not going to go on a big tangent off the bat with it, nor am I going to say whether or not I really like the film or if I dislike the film. But what I will say is this, is that in 2015, there was a better version of this movie made called The Devil's Candy um, with Ethan Embry. And we covered it. That's where I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave that right there. Okay. All right, Monkey. What do you think about uh, Bliss? Oh man, this movie was a hard pill for me to swallow just because you got me so excited about it, comparing it to Bucket of Blood, you know, and Color Me Blood Red, and stuff like that. So I was excited to see this movie, and it's just unfortunately this movie could not grab me just because I'm not a fan of downward spiral movies. Um, mm. You know, m- movie. You know, movies like uh, Sid Nancy, Barfly. You know, that kind of stuff where it's your main character just going down this constant downward spiral. And you know, it's, it's just those movies are just you know give me a wretched feeling just because we've all been there. You know, us three. You know, we've been there, and it's just you know it it just it's really hard for me to watch, especially when. You know, we have a character where they're supposed to create, you know, and, you know, I've been there in moments where I'm supposed to create and instead I'm doing other shit. And it's just, you know, maybe the movie hit a little bit too hard to home for me, you know, um, Mm -hmm. it's just it was really, really hard for me to get behind this, to get behind the characters is just. I wasn't feeling for anyone in this movie. Um, like, the, the, every, everyone in this movie was a complete asshole in their own way. And no one no, no one had any light to them, um, except, except the drug dealer. Um, and that coupled with all, all, like, you know, we had the warning at the beginning about, you know, all this flashing and strobing that was supposed to take effect, and there were none, except in the, the fucking right. opening yeah, credits. Um, yeah. uh, like, I, I was expecting this big, you know, translucent, you know, lucid experience from them being ballsy enough to sit there and put this warning out there. You know, so we're going to assault your eyes with this movie, and they didn't. Instead, they used a shitload of shaky cam all over the place. I felt like I was watching an hour and a half long version of Smack My Bitch Up, you know. <laughs> mm. um, Smack my bitch, bitch up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, it's uh, because, it, like, they had a really interesting idea, but they, like, just failed in execution and, and instead of trying to sit there and create better characters and better shots. Instead, they just did a shitload of shaky cam to sit there and try and simulate a, a rabbit experience, and it just it just did not pull me into this experience. <laughs> mm. um, you know, but one of the things I wanted to talk about, though, is you have uh, Dora Madison playing Desi Donahue, who is an artist, trying to work on this big piece in the movie that she's promised to an art gallery. And she's just not having the inspiration. She just doesn't feel it. She's not finding the inspiration she needs. Um, you meet her boyfriend. I say that quote-unquote boyfriend, Clive, 
played by Jeremy Gardner, who was in The Battery, which is a fantastic movie if you guys intend to see it. Love that movie. You know, he's supportive to a sense, but I like the fact that they're kind of using each other. Like, it's not necessarily a, a match-made romance, but it's kind of like they're using each other for different purposes. Uh, you know, even Desi says at one point, I'm just using him until another guy comes along. Where Clive seems to care, but at the same time, she's got a car, he can get around, and she's got drugs. So I'll smoke some weed and hang out with her and yeah. support her the best I can. It's a relationship by convenience, you know. I mean, that's that's yes, really what yep. it comes down to. It's, uh, you know, it's not like they. And don't get me wrong; it's not a matter of them not caring for one another. There is a part of each of them that does care for the other, but you know, this is what you would call a toxic relationship. These two have absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mutually toxic on both sides. Of where neither one is, you know, really benefiting the other, nor really trying to get, you know. Get the other one to rise up, you know, except through, you know, ex- except through nagging, you know, constant nagging. Yeah. But neither one, but ne- but neither one is really truly inspiring the other. No, and I I like the fact that they give you the scope of how long she's been working on this particular piece, or the Nikki St. Jean uh, gallery, which is three months. You know, she's been off of the hard drugs. She's just smoking weed every now and then, drinking obviously, but. She's just three months go by, and she has no inspiration. The landlord is on her ass for the rent. Her David is dropping her because she's just not developing anything and not giving her him anything to work with. So it's where else do you turn but to Hadrian, your drug dealer? You're like, I need something. Like, yeah. I've been clean for three months, but I need something. I need something that's going to give me some inspiration to finish this fucking piece. And he has the hookup. He has the best bliss in the city. <laughs> so let's check out and see what he has. And I got the Diablo, which is a uh, uncut of cocaine, a DMT. Take a little bump. You're going to enjoy this ride, baby. <laughs> you know. Let's see. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if bliss is real or not. Uh, I'm way out of the, uh, the, the drug game. I, I don't believe it. I'd like to think it is. I believe it. I yeah, fictional, but uh, I do know that obviously cocaine and DMT are both quite real. Uh, I don't, oh, I don't yeah. know what you call yeah. a combination of the two of them, but I know that uh, the DMT yeah, well. <laughs> is, a, is a heavy duty fucking uh, hallucinogenic, and you know I know the uh, the excitement of a cocaine rush extremely well. Yeah, and I love the fact that you have George Went in this fucking movie, Norm from Cheers, showing up as Pops. You know, clearly just in this movie for no fucking reason other than to show up. Hey, yeah, yeah, I'm speaking, I'm like Norm. speaking of the coke-filled 80s. Mm-hmm. When he shows up as Pops, I loved it. But she does that first bump of bliss, and she gets that high where she wakes up, and all of a sudden a party's broken out in this apartment where it's like everybody's partying, and she walks out. You've been out for I don't know how long, and all of a sudden, True Collins playing Courtney shows up so smoking hot in this movie. True Collins. One thing I have to as say Courtney. Right here, um, as somebody that has uh, has partaken in a lot of hallucinogenic drugs, um, this was one of the best representations of what that yeah. mm-hmm. kind of looks and feels like. You know, when she was laying there on the floor and just kind of looking at the fan. 
and you were seeing it kind of start to like blink in and out a little yep. bit and it was like zooming in like as if she had like you know like uh, the ability to like have a zoom lens in her eyeballs you know like I remember <laughs> yep. things like that because you know I know like some movies just start fucking showing you like you know person looks over and there's a fucking you know I don't know that fucking show happy you know what I mean the guy's got a fucking shit like that um you know, like, I know with all of the shit that I'd ever taken, like, I've never seen fictitious creatures come bibbly bobbling into my fucking living room or bedroom at any given point. But I do know that there oh, were times cool. where I could... Cl- <laughs> I, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, seriously, like, if I ever found that kind of shit, I probably would have never stopped doing that kind of shit. Um, <laughs> but... What I do know is there were plenty of times where I was on plenty of fucking, you know, mile high on on whether it was LSD or shrooms or whatever it was. You could close your eyes and have photorealistic visualization of whatever it is that you wanted to think about. You might as well have had your eyes open and be at whatever location you were thinking about and whatnot. So her seeing like that close up of the fan just reminds Mm -hmm. me of nights where it was like, you know, being at the club or being at a concert or being at just in that home at like the dock or something like that and having those kind of visualizations and what worked is that you know the party's broken out so obviously it's been a long period of time since she's been on Diablo and then when she wakes up and goes I gotta go home I gotta leave and then Courtney shows up and she's like oh my god I haven't seen you in fucking forever where the fuck have you been she's like it's been like months and you gotta stay you gotta stay for a drink Ronnie's here he's fucking hanging out and she starts you know doing more coke drinking more beer and it's just like I'm just gonna stay here like you know I've been to so many parties where I'm like I gotta go I'm like no nah, you know what I'm gonna stay for one more <laughs> I'll stay for one more beer <laughs> and then I gotta be on my way but you it's, it's Ronnie more. who <laughs> yeah so you know Ronnie comes into the room and obviously he's the boyfriend of Courtney and he's like oh uh, you know I haven't seen you in so long so then they start talking and then it evolves into a threesome which I was like, okay, well, Joe's probably going to like this a little bit, maybe. <laughs> I was like, you know, because boom, it is just boom, yeah. kick a bomb, wow. <laughs> yeah, the ghoul doesn't because mind they don't shy away when, from it, it. when it's too good. Yeah, the ghoul doesn't mind threesomes at all when it's two girls and a guy. It's just, it's two guys, you know, you got to worry about eye contact. That's when the ghoul gets upset. You know, again, <laughs> worrying about stuff. I, uh... As long as swords aren't crossed and not touching, I mean, depending on who the other person is, you know, if it's a random, it's one thing. I'm the kind of guy who likes to make people uncomfortable, and that's kind of my problem. I'm the kind of guy where if I'm in a social environment and if I'm in a good enough mood, I'm going to walk into the fucking, into the men's room. And even though I, of course, obviously will always follow proper etiquette of being the right amount of stalls away from other people, I am the kind of person that will start a conversation with you while you're busy taking a leak over there. You know, or I might just say some <laughs> random thing. Or I might just push a little hard, a little bit harder, and fart. You know, just to kind of get a giggle and get a reaction of some sort. You know, and just hope I don't shit myself in the process. Um. So, so listen, girl, girl, guy, M M F M F F M M M F. MFFFF, whatever the hell you want it to be, man. There's all kinds of fun things and combinations that can go there. But what I think is so interesting about this. What I think is so important about the threesome, though, is that during the threesome, you could see at one point that there's blood on both Courtney and also Desi, where it's like, okay, there's something extra. 
that she doesn't notice, but it's happening at this point in this threesome. And then when she wakes up the next day, it's kind of, you know, the hangover. I got to go home. I got to eat breakfast. And then she gets the inspiration for her painting where she's like, I'm painting. Like, this is it. Like, I got the inspiration. I'm going to draw. I'm going to, you know, do this thing that she calls Clive and says she has inspiration. And I love when Clive comes over and he just does her doggy by the window and he's like, man, I'm out of shape. <laughs> you know, it's just completely <laughs> unromantic, completely unsexy compared to the threesome she just had, where it's like a night and day. Okay. Well, that well, threesome was, was pretty damn good, um, to the point that, you know what, you're talking about like seeing blood, seeing this, seeing that. Man, all I saw was a threesome going on, and all I did was make sure I made blood? a little bit of a... I took a, I was too busy filming some of it with my phone so that I could send it to the girl who was in the living room at the time watching something else. And her response to me after getting the video was like, damn, that's what you're watching? Are you hard right now? <laughs> and why I say well, it's important is because um, – I don't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry, Monkey. What are you going to say? No, it's just – well, because we also had – uh, where they talked about, um, excuse me, uh, Courtney's uh, boyfriend's huge dick too. You know, so she's getting pounded with that. Yeah, yeah so she's cock. getting pounded with. Yeah, so she's getting pounded pain. with that all night long. You know, and, and then the next day, you know, is right there on the balcony, like you said. It's just, a, you know, uh, uh, I'm so winded with my little dick. Oh, you know, she's like, oh, come on, just just hurry up and finish. <laughs> But it, I mean, I've seen this movie. Listen, like, finish you know, up, so. Tiny Dancer. <laughs> yeah, I know. But tiny what I really did like head. about it is that when you watch that scene happen and, she's, and you have Clive saying, let's go out for a drink, one drink, you know, to loosen you up, let's go out. And then you have her meeting up again with Courtney. You get this kind of bad attitude by Desi where she's just – not feeling anything like I have a headache. I'm fucking so mad. I just curse off these two girls in this club. To me, it's it. You have a hunger now that she doesn't quite understand, you know, because of what happened during that threesome. Now there's this bloodlust that she doesn't quite get yet. And that's what we see later in the film. And I think this is the first time that you're seeing with her being so upset and just angry, telling that fan off, like, go fuck yourself, dude. I don't care that you well, saw yeah, my, my squire yeah, punk get you one. Yeah, because you actually had a fan, you know, actually walk up and recognize her and, you know, praise her and stuff like that. And she told the fan to straight up fuck off, you know. But yeah. that being said, okay, first time viewing this, King, you know, you weren't thinking bloodlust right off the top of your head, you know, the very first time you saw this. You know, it was just her being a straight up bitch. You didn't, you, right. there's no way you were sitting there thinking this was bloodlust. No, no, the very I didn't first say time it was the first time. It. No. No, it's, it's taken me multiple viewings to kind of get that, you know. But the first time, it just seems like she's just being a bitch. Um, but I like it when Ronnie and Courtney show up, and they're like, we're going to hang out at this club. We're going to just talk. I was going to say, I like it when she's being a bitch. <laughs> I did. I didn't mind it. Cause I was, but I love that Clive is like, you know what, I'm going to go crash, you know, and you can go like, and hang out. And I love the fact that Dante is the executive and she's like, I don't want to fucking meet douchebag Dante. He could suck me dick and leave me disappointed. And then when you get introduced to Dante, he's a fucking douchebag. He's like, hello, Desi. Ooh, I've heard so yeah. much about you. And he's a douchebag. Like, I just, I love yeah, that. Were you, that's, uh, that sounds an awful lot like you doing an impression of the doc. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, that was the douchebag Dante doing an impression of the doc. 
in this movie. <laughs> and he wasn't even oh, so good today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at that. And Dante and Dante and Dante, man, is a fucking MMA. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's it's after she does a couple bumps of what presumably uh, Diablo could just be bliss when she goes to the bathroom and starts puking up the blood. And she's like, you know, I, it's all I don't know what Diablo the fuck is going on with me. She has. But it's just the fact that she's puking up blood in the toilet and then you have Courtney going into the bathroom going, it's going to be okay. Trust me. You know, it's going to be fine. <laughs> And then she goes up to the girl checking herself out in the mirror and just takes a bite out of her neck. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. All right. So this is where we are right now. We're going the hunger route with the vampires. Well, see, and here's where I am right now at this point of the movie. Now, this is what I'm – like, and I read the synopsis. Um, yeah. So I knew vampirism was going to be involved at some point. Um, mm-hmm. This was me realizing, again, that the movie was a vampire movie. Because at this point, I kind of yeah. forgot about it, and it was just, you know, I'm like, okay, so it's just a drug movie. She's hallucinating right. the entire time. Um, you know, that, that that's where I was kind of assuming they were going to go with it. So when, uh, yeah, when she takes a bite out of the chick, now I'm still in my head thinking to myself, okay, is she just seeing all this? Is none of this real or, or what here? Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously this is a vampire flick. Yeah, well, see, and it's the vampire D- movie. Yeah, no, but the Dave and I went in completely blind. So uh, during this scene, we thought the exact same thing you did, Ghoul, was is is she really seeing this or is she hallucinating all of it? You know, is she so hopped up on shit that she's seeing shit now? And when you mm-hmm. get that shot of after she kills the girl in the mirror, you get her kissing Desi, you know, giving I'm her the blood that she is just taking this girl. The mirror. <laughs> and that I love Desi in the sequence when she's leaving the bathroom and she's waving her hair around, just like kind of embracing what just happened yeah, and meeting Courtney on the dance floor and then making out in the dance floor, just drinking the blood off each other's lips. It's like, this is what we're at now. Like this is, you know, her getting what she needed. We don't know it at the time. But this is what she needed. She needed that blood, you know, to keep her going. That's making her not dope sick anymore is getting that blood. Like Courtney's giving her a little bit, like after, like uh, near dark. Um, that's what it reminded me of. Uh, okay. Um, but but at the same time, though, we're having this weird thing, though. It's like where she's still needing the the Diablo, and she's still getting fucked up on it. But at the same time, she's having these other cravings, and they're stronger than what she's doing. And she's using the Diablo to shave this other shit. You know, she, so she's like riding right. this weird, fucked up double high yeah. at the time. Mm-hmm. You know where he, where oh, you know you're. T- oh, go ahead. Cool. It's like you. It's like using fucking dope to bring yourself down from coke, and then right. using coke to bring yourself up from dope. You know what I mean? Like yep. that's where it's mm-hmm. at. Um, you know that's that's kind of like how I took it for the whole thing. You know, I remember you know again during my uh, coke fuel days. Yeah, we would just smoke a little bit of reefer and uh and hope that that would bring us down. It wasn't until uh you know, it was it was a while. I think it was actually probably pretty recent that I realized that that was probably pretty stupid because it brings your heart rate up, which is what would make the, 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 the and it was like throwing gasoline on the fucking fire. Experience <laughs> yeah. going out. 
And, uh, you know, that, that explains why, you know, when, when what would start as a, uh, hey, I'm just going to get an eight ball at nine o'clock at night, and this way I'm sleeping by 12 o'clock, <laughs> that, you know, you're on the phone with your dealer at two o'clock, or at least trying to be on the phone, on the phone with your dealer. Because them motherfuckers, even though they pedal in that kind of shit, man, they are nowhere to be found in those late night hours, man. Be like, yeah, yo, you, he's like, yo, listen, I'll be out till like 1.30, 2.30, 3 o'clock, man. He's like, but after 3, don't call me. Yo, you call him at like 11.45. He still ain't answering that fucking phone. <laughs> you know, so sometimes that would lead to a, uh, a night out in the borough of, uh, of, of all kinds of interesting characters and, and, and moments, to say the least. I don't even know where the fuck I was going with that one, man. Oh, the ups and downs with it. Um... Yeah, the uh, again, like I said, man, like for me, I'm watching this movie. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a name, King. I don't want to say any more about it. But there's a movie that this <laughs> reminded me of. Okay, and it and again, like I said, I feel like the the, the Devil's Candy kind of gave us a much similar yeah. film to this, mm-hmm. but. I like the way that was presented better than this one. I like the way that was filmed better than this one. It didn't yeah. feel as chaotic. Mm-hmm. It wasn't trying to be uh, fear and loathing in Las Vegas like this one tries to do at times. Um, the movie that this was reminding me of the entire time that I'm sitting there watching it yesterday was Cleric. Oh, yeah. Yep. Got you. <laughs> yeah. I was having Definitely flashbacks take that. to that. And, you know, mm-hmm. I own it still. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely back you up on that one. Um, yeah, I could definitely back you up on that one. Um, but you know, moving on with the movie, you have Nikki St. Jean visiting Desi and saying, "Oh, you know, I just want to get rid of all your fucking shit in my gallery. Like, this is there's no point in having it there. Oh my god, this is what you're working on. It looks fucking great." She's like, "Yeah, don't worry about it. I'll have it done in three days." She's like, three days? Are you sure? Oh yeah, don't worry about it. I'll get it done in three days. Get the fuck out of my apartment now. Because I got this. Like, don't worry about it. <laughs> <clears throat> right. So but it's at, 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 Right. But at this point, she's been uh, dumped by her agent. Right. Her agent, where yeah. her agent was telling her, you know, she can't move a single fucking thing. So, you know, in, in uh, this frustration of her own, she sits there and calls the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the client directly. You know, and was like, well, fuck my agent. I'm going to sit there and straight up talk to you and be like, how about you stop by my place and check out what's done so far? Because my agent who said I haven't had a single fucking thing done, how about you come by and check out what I have done? Because he's a lying sack of shit, you know. Yeah. And then that's and what she's like. Yeah. And, she, you know, she snakes the agent and she's like, look, I have been working. See, here it is. And yes, it will be done on time. So how about you give me some of that cash that I need to pay my lonely, lonely landlord with his angry and ass? And that's what I was going to talk to you about, Monkey, because how is that true to real life? Like where you have this and it's like a deadline. Like, you know, all right, I got you. I got you. Like, you know, it's been worked on. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> this being said, I'm going to say straight up the hardest client I have ever worked for is the fucking ghoul. All right. <laughs> the ghoul is the hardest fucking client I've ever wow. fucking had. Um, Ouch. No. Why? No, no, no. What did I do? Well, I'm, get, I'm, I'm getting there, okay? <laughs> no, it's because, all right, you are awesome on deadlines, okay? But it's like you are also like one of the first, worst editors ever 
for a finished project because I'll be like, okay, here's the thing so far. What do you think, Ghoul? And it's like, this is great. Even though I know you're not doing any of this on computer, could you maybe tweak this, this, and this and totally redo three-fourths of the project? And I'm like, um, sure. <laughs> I'll just go back and redo three-fourths of the project. Um, <laughs> that being said, is like the goal was the best I ever had for timelines. I've I've had other people that were more pending for timelines, um, specifically the uh, Star Wars project that I had to do for those big, you know, that big set of figures, and they're constantly harping me about, you know, how long I was going to get done. And I was like, I have over eighty fucking figures to paint. It's going to take a while, you know. And you know, granted, once they got the finished project, yeah, but that was the thing about this is. <clears throat> When you have deadline, you know, and you have shit that you got to get done, the only thing on my mind is getting that project done. And it's right. the whole I, and it's always in the back of my head. And never, ever, ever am I like, I'm going to go fuck off for this much time and that much time. You know, there have been so many projects where I like have had hanging over my head and the diva's like, let's go out and do something. I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> There's shit that needs to get done. Yeah. Like, yes. But you, but you've been working on this for months, and I'm like, yeah, and it's not going to be done for months. No, we're not going the fuck out, you know. And that's the big bitch about working on creative projects, you know. And like the ghoul can tell you, and he she, he has to deal, you know, with the ghoul gal working on stuff, you know. And she's in that zone, and she's in that mood, you know. And she's working away, you know. Is you don't want to step away from it when you're in that creative space. But no, when she's not, got her creative flow, that's it. You know, she's got her thing going, yeah. man. I don't mess with her. Yeah, but that's but that's the thing about this movie, though, is we have a character where they are not in that Zen moment of you know brain and idea and hands are all in conjunction and stuff is flowing. You know, we have the exact opposite. You know, where she, you know she, she you know right now she's artistically constipated. <laughs> and yeah. she has a deadline <laughs> And that's why I like when she has her freak out Where she, she uh, sees things in her apartment That aren't happening Like the door opening with the light And then all of a sudden you see Clive in her apartment Going I have to snap you out of this What the fuck is going on Like it's just fucking shit It's the bliss that you're doing That's causing all this bullshit You need to get off it And you need to focus And she's like Fuck it don't even matter You're a fucking bartender You sling drinks <laughs> What I'm doing, this is my masterpiece. Like, this is me. This is what I'm doing. And I felt so bad for Clyde because in this moment, like, yeah, he cares. Like, he doesn't want to see her spiral into this, you know, mess that she's becoming. Like, he honestly wants her to be okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the thing, too, though, is that, I mean, here's where I got from that. Um you know, we know she had been clean for a number of months. And, yes. you know, yep. little things that I did pick up is that, you know, you heard her, her dealer say to her, you know, wow, you're still alive. Um, yeah. It makes me feel yep. like, you know, she probably had like a really big drug problem. And this might have been an issue in which, you know, she had to, she had to clean up. She had to get sober, you know, and we don't know what happened three months ago to cause that. Typically when people get sober, it's because, you know, something happened. They hit a rock bottom, um, you know, right. overdose, you know, jail, institution, death, you know, basically one of those three. Um, yeah. So what occurred? 
You know, that that's what we don't get. Right, but at the same and, time, I also took that as just Clive also being still a little bit of a sleazebag douchebag here where he's being caring, but at the same time, he's being caring because he is still leeching off of her. And if she's yeah. not around, he can't leech off of her. That's a good point. You know, I didn't even think about that. I just felt like he was just being caring in that one moment where he's like, you know what, you need to back, uh, get back to reality. You know, you need to stop snorting all this bullshit, you know, and, and become who you are. And, you know, she's like, that's my masterpiece. But it leads to her calling back upon Hadrian, her dealer, and going over to his house and saying, you know, it's it's the, the fucking bliss. You know, and I have this fucking thirst for blood, and I don't know what to fucking do with it. And he's like, all right, all right, calm down. I'll get you something that's going to be a little lighter. It's going to take you down from the high of the bliss. You know, just give me a second. And she just, she has that hunger. She has that pain. It just won't go away. And and it leads to, oh, a great moment in the movie for me anyway. <laughs> um, you have Hadrian dealing with Pops and the old man who are fighting. Uh, the old man has a gun. He's trying to threaten Pops with it. And the old man ends up popping Hadrian in the face. I don't think it was. I don't think it was Brian Bosworth. No, it wasn't. But, no, I thought it was. I, I looked him up. It wasn't. But like he kind of, he kind of looked like him, and he was so big that I kind of assumed like, mm-hmm. oh, shit, is this what Brian Bosworth is doing with his career now, man? That's crazy. He's in the list. <laughs> yeah. But no, it was the uh, fact wait, that wait, 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 wait. No, but he was the big dude. Um. And uh, from Parker Lewis, Parker Lewis can't lose. That's where yep, he's from. The I yeah. just thought I knew him yeah. somewhere. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> but you have okay, sorry. Uh, Moving on. You <laughs> have this whole thing of of Hadrian getting popped in the nose, and his nose is broken, and that's what leads to the blood loss for Desi, where she attacks Hadrian and bites into yeah, his face, and then gnaws off a couple of his fingers, and he's like, "What the fuck? Oh my god!" Like you know, and it's she's completely <laughs> in this blood loss mode. Where I love George Went in this fucking scene because he's obviously not knowing what movie he's in because he's like, oh no, oh you're biting my arm, Ooh, oh that hurts. you're biting me, <laughs> ouch, oh god, please stop. Just okay. no reaction whatsoever. During during the scene, I lost my shit because I don't know if I saw this correctly or not, but when she sits there and um grabs a hold of the drug dealer and start starts sucking on his fingers. Did you guys start to see the body start to collapse in on itself? Like it yes, was it started to deflate. It? Yeah, it was deflating. Yep. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's just want to make sure yeah, you know, we're, yeah. just, we're just big fucking balloons, man. That's all we are. She was sucking her blood out to deflate him a little bit. I wasn't and then sure she went after, or not. You know, <laughs> and then she went after the old man and bashing his head up against the wall and then biting into his neck. And now she's completely... Enraptured by the blood that she just taken, and I love the scene when she's driving back to her apartment and she's got blood all over her mouth, and then you get to see L.A. in the background. I love the fact that she mm. drove that convertible because you really get to see L.A. Mm. like night and day, you know, mm. through that. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Mm. <laughs> but those those were actually the only um, filming shots I actually did enjoy were the driving shots. Uh, you know, with the camera mounted on the side and stuff like that, with her driving around mm-hmm. with the sunglasses, with the sunglasses on. But again, just because it was giving me a lot of um, near dark vibes of just you know wearing oh, yeah. the yep. sunglasses at the wrong times, 
you know, going with those classic vampire cues, you know, if you will. But at the same time, I also really enjoyed um, the the dirty feel that it had, um, you know, dirty. while while filming. You know, I, I thought it, it, it worked. Uh, yeah, I thought it had a nice dirty quality to, to those specific shots. And it's great because when she goes back to her apartment, she's got the gun that the old man had, and she's got all the bliss that Hadrian had. She just dumps it out onto that she dresser. She all had. of it. <laughs> and now she's inspired to fucking paint. So she puts on the harasser song, Die Forever, which I fucking love. Come on, you motherfuckers, you want to die forever? And she's just painting and just in her element. And then you have the landlord, hey, shut that fucking music off. Shut that fucking music off. And when he sees her in the sunglasses, he's like, oh, shit, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> it's cool, then, you know. <laughs> she stabs him in the eye with the paintbrush and just sucks the blood right out of his eye socket. <laughs> Again, uh, like, it's like, yeah. all, all... this is where yeah, the movie's ahead, getting fun. You know what I mean? This is where yeah, I'm yeah. kind yep. of enjoying the third it. Act. I'll be honest, one of the things that I, uh, uh, I'm just, I'm not sold on Dora Madison. I feel like if we had a different mm-hmm. actress playing this role, this might work a little bit better. Um, I know her from Friday Night Lights. You know, this was Becky. Yes, yep. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and the problem I keep finding with Dora Madison is that they keep trying to put her in roles in which she's the she's the bad girl that wants to do good. Um, mm-hmm. And I just don't buy that from her. She never exudes that. She doesn't have that like. She Aura. doesn't have that like sexuality about her. Yeah. That being, mm-hmm. like when she's like nude and writhing around and everything. Like yeah, listen, that threesome scene was hot. It wasn't hot because of her. You know what I mean? It was hot because you know there was fucking what looked like people fucking on the fucking camera. <laughs> yeah. And porn. You know what I mean? Like that could have been anybody at mm-hmm. that point. Um. Same thing with the shower so, scene. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, she almost has, like, I, it's funny, I made a joke to, to, again, to the cool girl about it. I was like, you know, I don't know if I'd rather have seen Ethan Embry naked or Dora. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know I, I think I prefer him shirtless. He looked great in fucking Devil's Candy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's after all this has happened, and she wakes up nude once again in her apartment, having no idea what just happened the night before. More of her masterpiece is done. And then she starts having the flashes of what happened. Like she, her mind is flashing back to killing Hadrian, killing her landlord, and she's like, "Oh shit! Now that didn't happen, right? Like that that never Adrian. happened." Re- reaching out to the landlord, he's not answering the door. Going over to Hadrian's house, he's not answering either. She can't get Courtney until she goes to the club and confronts Courtney. And I love this fucking scene with Drew Collins as Courtney, and she's like, yeah, "You just have to embrace it." Like, you just have to enjoy it. Like, this is yours. Enjoy it. This isn't booze. This isn't dope. This isn't bliss. It's forever. Like, you know, I was like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, but we also had this moment, though, of it turning super cheesy vampire. All right. Where. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like, but, no, but because if you notice, everyone in the club is also wearing sunglasses. Every, no, everyone. I didn't even notice that. Is that really? Yeah, what yeah, I did. On? Yeah, like, seriously, yes, every, this is, 
This is me oh, sitting ahead. there watching this movie the whole entire time, saying to myself, like, wow, is this this is a vampire movie, I guess. Like, I seriously wish yeah. they, might have, they might have wanted to focus a little bit more on the fact that this was a vampire mm-hmm. film. Yeah, because... I think they're um, well. Yeah. Well, it's just, when we have this first scene of the dumping in the mouth and the... Um, but then you know, but then the diva was like, Okay, I guess we're going vampire really. now. And and then when they play. go to the bar, like you said, and then, you know, Court, Courtney's there and we're having the moment and Lainey's like seriously a vampire club. It's like she, she's like this <laughs> yeah. looks like every you know, 'cause cause the diva's like this looks Blade. like every fucking goth club. The blood <laughs> this looks like Oh, come on. No, Blade did that right. Only film yep. that has ever done the vampire club correct, man. They had a fucking straight up bloodbath, man. It was a bloodbath orgy in that fucking movie. <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. But but the diva was like, Holy shit, this reminds me just of the fucking back in New York yeah. where I used to go club. You know, and I was like, Seriously? Mm-hmm. Goes, oh yeah. She goes, red lights, everyone wearing sunglasses, listen to Bauhaus. Yeah. We're all fucking high. You know, it's just the fact that, you know, she's like, I refuse. And she's like, it's forever. You just need to embrace it. Then she goes to run back home. Like, I just need to go home and figure out what the fuck's going on. And you have, of course, (laughs) fucking poor Clive. He's like, hey, I was so worried about you. Where have you been? She's like, you need to go the fuck home. I'm like, all right, I'll see you later. <laughs> but, you know, Clive is like, I need to take care of you. Like, you're, you're fucking dope sick. I need to, you know, we need to figure this out. I need to call the fucking paramedics. You get all this fucking dope everywhere. What the fuck am I going to do? And she ends up biting into Clive's ankle. Where it's like, oh, fucking Clive, dude. You could have left. You could have uh, been gone. Okay. Like, you know. I'm, I'm sorry, King, but you really need to stop saying poor Clive, okay? You sound like a sympathetic, <laughs> like... You sound I like love his character. Yeah, but you oh, sound like a sympathetic housewife, you know, that's watching a fu- fucking a Lifetime Because he didn't really need to go that, out that way. But he was still an abusive boyfriend, okay? You know, he was abusive. Boyfriend. I wouldn't say he was no. enabling. No, nope, yes. he was enabling, never abusive. Absolutely. He was not abusive. Yes. Toxic relationship, nope. yes. But, again, okay. he was not abusive. Okay, but all right. Just, okay, when yes, definitely she, toxic. When she bites into his ankle and he's like, please stop, you know, don't do this. And then she just fucking rips his fucking head off the throat. And then just drinks his fucking blood with the fountain. I love it. I'm like, and I'm like, oh my God. I loved it. I was like, oh my God, this is fucking so cool. So practical, so good. And then when you see him come back, when he's crawling towards her, going, you bitch, you fucking bitch, you murderer, you murderer. And she climbs into the fucking bathroom. And he's like, do it, you pussy. Do it. <laughs> you know, well, again, put that like gun in your mouth. Thing- his first thing is that, you know, she did it so she'd have somebody to do it with. Again, kind of, yep. this is going to the whole addict mentality is what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, people in that mind state, they they gravitate towards that. They'll stay together for those very reasons, you know, and uh, I think that's what they were kind of showcasing with that. You know, it's still... It's still very much a toxic relationship, but I agree, King. I don't believe that this is what this poor guy deserved. <laughs> no. And it's just it's the fact that when he's climbing towards her <laughs> on the ground 
And then she climbs into the bathroom with the gun. And then he's like, I'm going to fucking kill you, you bitch. You did this to me. And it's one of those things where it's like, is she imagining this or is this actually happening? Like, is he one of the undead? You know, because she had bitten into him and drank his blood. You know, it's one of those things where you don't know what the fuck is going on with this movie. Because it's like, all right, well, yeah. well he, he's well, actually a vampire. What the rules are. You know, all mm-hmm. we hear, we hear from what's-her-face that there are rules. She says that. Yes. Um, this town yeah. is in a buffet. Courtney, Courtney says that, you know, that there are rules here, but we don't know what they are because they never establish it because the film poorly establishes that it's a vampire movie. It it does. Yeah. It's the weak side of the movie. I agree. And it's, it's when she puts a gun to her temple and blows her brains out. I'm like, okay, this could probably be the end of the movie, but no, she lays there and then all of a sudden you see the blood going back. Yeah, me too, the first time I saw it. But then all of a sudden the blood goes back into her head and she gets up again. And I'm like, okay, well, she's fine. <laughs> you know, she took a gunshot to the over. But at this point, I'm sitting there commenting on the director, saying to myself, why is he fucking lingering on such a sh- this shot so long? Because there's times where this movie feels like an indie film. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's specifically mm-hmm. oh, the way yeah. it's, it's shot. You know, it's got yeah. that, like, it's an indie film. I'm using just a, a regular camera type of deal. You know, obviously, look, something better than, you know, something that I'm going to own. You know, it's a professional enough camera, but it doesn't feel like a movie that was, like, put out by, like, a, a studio. Um, yeah. Nope. So the shot's <laughs> lingering, and I'm sitting there going to myself, how, man? Like, Credits? you know, for the most part, this this I'm sitting there thinking to myself, man, this film for the most part was was at least filmed decent, but wow, like, why the fuck would they linger on this shot? And then it started reversing, and I'm like, oh, okay. And that's also when I looked and saw that there were 20 minutes, and I realized she wasn't dead. Yeah, and it's just, it, she gets back up, and then she walks out into the main part of the room, and she sees the masterpiece that she's been working on. She's like, it's it's almost there. Like, I, I have it. Masterpiece. Like, this is almost to what I want it to be. And then you have Clive coming out and you see the, you know, the rip at his neck and he's still alive. And he's like, you know what? You know, when you fucking killed me, I was scared. But then I realized we're in this together. Like we have this, like, you know, you and no, (laughs) you know, and she's accepting it at that that one point where she's like, you know what? Maybe we are, maybe we're meant to be together. Unless you ruin the heart. Courtney, come on in here with your fucking shank of wood to go right through the heart of Clive and make him body melt like evil dead. (laughs) And this is where I started to lose my shit. I was like laughing because I was really enjoying all the practical effects and until we went, oh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. (laughs) And we started Evil Dead, you you went Raiders of the Lost Ark. (laughs) I was liking the stop yeah. motion, man. I, I thought you would enjoy it too. I, I mean, dug it. On. It's not. It's not like that's easy work, man. You know, I uh, right. Like we were me and and Zach the other day were watching some uh, like Robot Chicken and other things like that. Man, I remember mm-hmm. making like seriously. It had to have been like two or three years ago. I made like a. It had to seriously have been like a ten second fucking stop motion animation clip, dude. It took like three hours to make it. And it was 10 seconds long. It is so, so tedious and long. And I know, like, with computers and stuff, like, they can simulate some of those images, but you're still taking a picture, moving the pose. Yes, 30, taking a picture, 33. moving the pose. 
32 frames a second. <laughs> yeah, so here I thought the monkey was going to be like, I liked it. Like, it was practical. Like, you know, they're going the practical route. They're not going CGI. Like, they, you know, it's a low-budget film. He's like, no, fuck right. It sucks. No, it's just all of the other practical effects were so good. Like, as far as, like, all the bites, all the tears and stuff like that. Like, I enjoyed all of those. And then they went with, you know, <laughs> this thing where all of a sudden, you know, we're watching, you know, the music video for Sledgehammer all, all over again. You know, <laughs> so, I, so, I, so I just started laughing my ass off when they went all melty with it. What are you saying, uh, Ghoul? Oh, I was just singing Sledgehammer. Yeah, I didn't mind it. I thought it was pretty cool to show you this is what happens, you know, when you kill a vampire. Like, they just melt. Like, you know, it just becomes this weird, you know, melty, pus-filled thing. Uh, But you have Courtney who comes in saying you have to ruin the heart to destroy a vampire. And she's like, you know, there's rules, like the the ghoul just talked about. You know, you can't make this town a buffet. You know, and she's like, you got that (laughs) supercharged blood. You got blood from me. You got blood from you. You got a half a kilo of bliss. I want to taste. Ooh, yeah, I want to fucking taste. So I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'll fight. La, 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love this fight. Like this fight between Courtney and you have Desi just on this fucking checkerboard, you know, mat that she has all the blood all over it, and they're fighting back and forth. You think that, you know, Desi's going to get the upper hand, and then Courtney has the upper hand. You know, honestly, who's going to fucking win? Great. Yeah, great fight scene. Enjoyed it. Um, You know, and then we have the whole thing of it ending with a paintbrush, which I enjoyed just for the irony of it, you know, because she's an artist and, you know, she she uses her tool to (laughs) kill her, you know, and I I enjoyed it, you know, and, and she dies, does her thing. Um, well, no, it was just it was the fact that she was so obsessed with getting a taste of Desi when she get when Desi gets her down and she's hugging her from behind and she just rips open her fucking face like with her teeth, you know, just you know that's it. And you have Courtney Weekend, she's like, God damn it, you bitch, <laughs> you know. But it's like Courtney thought she was gonna win this fight. Like, Courtney thought she was gonna overpower Desi, but it's obviously the other way around. And she's like, just well, please Courtney- don't. Don't you know? Well, don't do this. The more experience. That's that's the big thing. You know what I mean? She's figuring her knowledge of being a vampire is what's gonna keep her alive here. Yeah, and but, that's why I kind of liked like, it when. Yeah, I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead. No, again, I was just gonna say, you know, again, it falls into the rules. You know, she knows what they are. You know, uh, you know, our our rookie has no idea. You know, so of course she has the advantage, but again, the rules are not clear, so we really don't know much about this world of vampirism in this film. But it's when she gets that, that wooden stake and drives it through the heart of Courtney, and then not only does she melt, but she catches it on the fire too. So it's like there's like right. the extra because she's a vampire, right? You know that she has okay. to catch fire okay. when she's dead. All right, but I took this is because again they did a Lost Boys reference earlier. So mm-hmm. I took it. No so vampire does the same. Exactly. That's how I took that. <laughs> so, <laughs> some go screaming, some go in a puff of smoke, some explode, some implode, you know, that kind of thing. You know, <laughs> so, so that's where I took that. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ronnie's at some club somewhere going, where the fuck would my girlfriend go? This is crazy. <laughs> 
She left like an hour ago, but she is she coming back? I don't know. So, Crazy. Someone's someone's got to suck this horse dick. <laughs> yeah, no. She said she's coming back, but I don't think she's coming back. Like it's okay, Ronnie. It's okay. <laughs> you got your band. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> you know? But that's what I kept thinking about is that Ronnie's left alone now without his his partner. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Ronnie, like I got a horse cock. Anybody want a piece? I return you into Vampire too. <laughs> but, but it's the after, yeah, yeah. Go but you no, know, go, go go ahead, King, because I think you're wrapping up. Go ahead. I want to wrap up, um, but it, it's after she kills Courtney and just realizes this is the end, and she puts her finishing touches on the painting. And this is what I kind of laughed at, though. You know, watching it now, even you know, as much as I love the movie. The touches that she puts in the painting. This is obviously not her painting. This was done by another person for the movie, and she's just like mm. touching it with the brush. Like I'm gonna put a little here, put a little Jesus, there. Man. <laughs> she's an artist, okay. dude. Don't you get it, man? Okay, okay, okay. I do want to go to the painting though, okay? Because yes, go um, ahead. Be- be- before we get to the finale, if we can, and I'll be super quick because I know we're running out of time. Go ahead. All right, is we ha- we, we have the painting. We uh-huh. we have the painting build pay- building up and building up. You know of you know this aura of fire. You know or, you know go- going towards a nexus. Okay, and then this column of people that's you know being built up throughout. the the film and this column is being built up um by memories of hers and victims of hers and she's painting them into this column of tortured souls and skinned bodies that are becoming this raised column that's coming up okay and you know as the column is building you know it's beautifully painted you know and i'm really yes, yes, I do. you know as you know as it goes you know to this um <clears throat> excuse me like evil angel, if you will, at the top. When you look at the finished product, all of the bodies that she painted beforehand in the finished product are painted over. For some reason, like yep. all of the bodies that are there, she paints over all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and the finished product... Yeah, and the finished product, you don't see any of those bodies in there. And I'm thinking, like, at the end, where she's doing the, these little touch-ups here and there, is like, she's maybe like going back through the layers of paint and then touching and pulling away the paint so you can see just individual faces through this bullshit that's covering this right. awesome this awesome awesome you know pillar of bodies that for some reason she fucking covered over and I'm like what the fuck did you do that for the painting was fucking badass as fuck and, and they 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 went did this shit what was so great is that she's touching upon this, and you're like, okay, she's finishing her masterpiece. Like, this is it. Like, this is her final touches on the masterpiece that she's been working towards. But then you have all the bodies of her victims crawling towards her as she's stripping off all of her clothes. Like, you know, she's going full fucking heavy metal. I'm stripping off my clothes, and I'm dancing, and I'm doing all this. You don't see George Wendt or the fucking landlord because they were out of this movie at this point. They're like, yeah, now we're good. <laughs> they were shot. You know, none of the money. But what we were seeing is we were seeing the real life representation of her painting. Is what you were seeing yeah, there. Yep. And you have all of her victims, you know, Sands, George Went, and the landlord, 
crawling towards her and they're gripping at her and they're clawing at her, you know, trying to get on top of her as she's dancing around. And she just says, leave. And then that's it. Like, you know, she's like, all right, I'm finally at peace. I've reached the pinnacle of my masterpiece. I'm going to look at this. I'm going to enjoy it. This is it. And then I don't know if you guys caught this because I caught this. What we're doing is that you hear a sizzle. As the sun comes up, you hear a sizzling Mm -hmm. sound as the sun comes up. And she's doing this weird kind of, I'm going to look towards it and put my fingers towards it. And then she fucking explodes in half. And I wanted to get up to you guys because I thought that was the greatest fucking finale ever. That she bursts in fucking half. And I was like, they gotta like this. They gotta enjoy this. Uh, It was definitely not what I was expecting in any way. As she was, you know, like you said, she's sitting there, the sun's coming up. I'm like, I'm figuring she's gotta get some kind of comeuppance. I didn't know what the fuck was gonna go on. But, like, like you, I did notice the sizzling noise. And I, like, after she exploded and she ripped in half, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, what the fuck just happened? So I rewound it. <laughs> because at that point, they kind of, they gave you another shot, and you could see the sun. And I said to myself, mm-hmm. at that point, I was like, you know what? I go, these motherfuckers, she died because of the sunlight. Because these fucking are, are vampires, and they can't live in the sun. And even though they didn't right. establish this rule, we're supposed to know this because of other rules, like the fact that right. you have to stab it through the heart. Um you know, and if that rule's in effect, yeah. then you would got to assume that sunlight's in effect, mm-hmm. and that is obviously what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I but was yeah, laughing my fucking ass. I love it. Uh, I, I, yeah, like, um, yeah, when she uh, exploded, I, I just started laughing my fucking ass off, and I looked <laughs> over at the, I looked over at the diva, and she goes, "I guess she's a vampire now," and I was like, "She was." Lie <laughs> down, <laughs> <laughs> your mom ate my dog. Not all of it. <laughs> she reached her ultimate level of bliss. That's what I took it as. Like that was her ultimate level of bliss. <laughs> you know, and the sunlight hit because that's the thing that they don't. Like, again, I agree with you guys. Like they don't clearly establish the rules of the empire. Like because she woke up and it was nighttime a lot of the times when she woke up. Like it wasn't but daytime. She was it was nighttime during the day at times. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that was the thing. There were times. Yeah, and it was, was dusk. Daylight. It wasn't daytime. It yeah. was dusk. It, uh, a lot of times she was driving, no, but like, it wasn't but full still. daytime. Still, like the go ahead time, establishing the rules of vampirism in this world, okay, and maybe the world of vampirism as yeah. opposed to this constant downward spi- personal downward spiral of hers. Maybe we could have enjoyed this movie a little bit more as the vampire movie that they were trying to do, all right? Because you still could have balanced the both, all right, and still had the whole thing of vampirism in the the last act. But we still mm-hmm. could have appreciated it a little bit more instead of, again, being blindsided by all of this shit of at the last minute going, you know, there's rules. And it's like, what rules? Rules are fucking what? You know, and again, they didn't full up, you know, come out and say it's a vampire movie. That being said, props to them for not going, you know, straight up going, it's a vampire movie. So, again, you know, 
yay for being a little bit creative, you know, but still, let us enjoy the ride with you. Yeah. It's just, a, you know, I mean, I really enjoyed it, and I'm glad that I could talk to you guys about Bliss. <clears throat> you know, I know it was one of those movies where it's like, you know what, you know, this fans, I know it's uh, Midsommar, you know, but it's a fun ride, you know, and I'm, I'm glad that you guys checked it out, you know, to talk about it for tonight's episode. Well, you know, man, you told me it was elevated, bro. I was expecting like like a fil- like again like I think that might have been part of the problem. My because some people said it was, were, yeah. My expectations were tempered by what you had said about it, so I assumed yeah. that like I'm trying to watch something that is deeper than it really is, and it's not. I mean, at its heart, this is just an indie vampire flick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some people had said that it's like elevated i'm like it's not elevated like it's it's fine you know but i'll take it <laughs> you know it's it's a vampire film i mean i love uh joe begos first film almost human so if you guys ever want to check out an alien film that he did which is his first feature um uh ghoul we covered extra when we were yeah, on the first that. iteration of yeah, yeah if you want to check yeah. out an american version of extra yeah check out almost human which is also by Joe Begos, because that's like him doing an American version of Extro and doing it really well. So when I saw that he was doing Bliss, I was like, I can't wait. I was like, it's got to be good, because he did, you know, Almost Human in a great way. Hmm. Oh, you said Almost Human. I thought that because I know there was a TV series. The sci-fi series, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he did a movie with uh, Josh Ethier, um, called Almost Human back when he first started. And it's a great movie. Like, if you like Extra, you'll love Almost Human. Because it's like his American version. Like, yeah, yeah, they did great in the, you know, the, uh, the mm-hmm. British version. I could do better. <laughs> it's, Fuck, it's great. All right. Fucked up alien birth. <laughs> Monkey, your pick is next week. What do you got yeah. for us? All right. It is, yeah, it is my pick, and we're running out of time, so I'm going to be quick. Ah, uh, let's see here. All right. It is still. February, which means it is still Valentine's Day. So, um... Okay. And the thing is, Valentine's Day, a while back, we put out a a post on our Facebook page for fans to put out requests of things that they would like us to cover. Alright? And and we got feedback on that post. And some of our fans and friends of the show hit back and let us know what films they would like us to cover. So... Being that it's still, you know, for me, you know, I'm still feeling that, you know, vibe of love, you know, because of Valentine's Day. I'm going to show some love back, and I'm going to actually Just do Just so a you know, pick. it's not a good thing when the diva tells you to go fuck yourself. She's not telling you that in a loving way, monkey. <laughs> I, I, I wish I was endowed enough to be able to do that, all right? All I'm going to say is all the, you all, all the, lady, all the ladies going. don't call me light. All the ladies don't call me light switch for nothing. All right, but you, you can't chuck <laughs> it up and into your butt, bro. I mean, come on, kid. I thought everybody could do nope. that. Nope. All right. Anyway, <laughs> we're running out of time, and I got to do a pick. All right. So what we're doing is Hurry Rebecca, up, fan of the, trying to motherfucker. Let me. Fan of the show has requested that we do bloodbath at the house of death from 1984, and that is next week's pick. Don't worry, I got a link. All right, so you don't have to worry about downloading it. (laughs) That's where we're going next week. Okay. All right, I've seen that movie. So we're going that way with Rebecca. (laughs) Great pick. Yeah. Great pick next week. 
All right, so let's we, do it. All right, Monkey, go ahead and sign yourself off. All right, Fred fans, thanks for listening to tonight's episode and letting the monkey come in your ear. All right, cool. The floor Good is yours. What do we got? <laughs> Sticky monkey. Uh, yeah, man. So, uh, man uh, the uh, the ghoul girl is uh, working hard on things, and you know, I mean, listen, you don't need a holiday to get your your loved one or significant other, or your mom, your dad, your friends, whoever, man. So you got a chick that you're crushing on online, you know, and you want to send something to her. Maybe you got somebody on like OnlyFans, and they've got a wish list. Ooh, they want jewelry. Well, this is something to, to go with, you know. Hook somebody up, man. Maybe she'll send you an extra video or two, some nice pictures. I've got some friends on there, man. Um, oh, hell yeah. But, but regardless, man, the place to do that, you go to Etsy. All one word, go to Bonfire Beat Designs. And she has been working her ass off. The ghoul girl has been going crazy. She's making all kinds of bracelets and necklaces. And the, uh, I don't know, I don't think it was Bliss because she don't, she didn't watch it. That's why. Um, she's smarter than I am. And, uh, but. Oh, you know what? All right. Inspiration. Go back to the hole. <laughs> Inspiration is hit, and uh, she's been just working her ass off with it. Like I said, man. So get on there, Etsy. One word: Bonfire Bee Designs, and uh, buy because you know a happy ghoul girl means a happy ghoul, and a happy ghoul means I uh, I don't know. I don't come on the show if you don't like me, or I do come on the show if you do. <laughs> I, whatever, <laughs> it works either way. Mm. <laughs> or if you want to get, or if you want to get your shillelagh licked for St. Patrick's Day, make sure you go to Bonfire Bee Designs. Listen, you know, every I, – I don't support that. You know what? You don't have to buy somebody something to get your shillelagh licked. They should lick your that's shillelagh right. because they love you and want to lick your shillelagh. You know, like that's that's the thing. Like I say, you know, no means yes. Yes means anal. That's just how it works, at least in my house. <laughs> All right. So when you hit us with that plug before we get out here. I did, uh, I did say the plug, man, but I can say stay scared. No, no, your catchphrase, babe. I just said it, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> stay, stay scared. To coin, to coin a monkey phrase right there. <laughs> stay scared, everybody. Stay scared. So All right, scared. so next week we meet you next week with the monkey's fan pick of the week. We'll see you next time. Hail order is tell Satan. Hail yourselves. See you next time. Hello, okay. monkey.